0: Hey guys, welcome back to Design with Purpose. For those who didn't catch part one of our episode with Zach from The Purified Home, we're back for part two. Please allow us to reintroduce Zach for those of you who are unfamiliar. In 2008, Zach Pelzel set off on a 200 mile 19 day trek in the Sierra Nevada backcountry. Record breaking snowfall and freezing weather made for a grueling trip, exacerbated by inadequate supplies and finding himself occasionally lost in the wilderness. Rising despair would eventually give way to calm well-being by connecting with nature's cadence, the sunset-sunrise-sleep-wake cycle, drinking fresh mountain stream water, breathing tree-purified air, and grounded in the earth's natural electrical energy. Pelzel's experience in the Sierra wilderness ultimately underscores the purified home's four-pillar philosophy, the harmonizing health benefits of clean air, fresh water, balanced light, and a natural electrical environment. As founder and driving force behind the groundbreaking company, Pelzel is uniquely qualified to command the home purification process, leveraging extensive experience in the building industry, a career as a professional athlete, and five years of research and clinical practice towards a master's degree in acupuncture and oriental medicine. His fully integrated approach to home health is key for identifying issues that compromise our well-being and for aligning ancient holistic principles and modern science to offer healthy solutions. As Zach says, the purified home is fueled by his passion for living a more healthful, happy life. His mission is to provide the best opportunity for the optimal health of his clients by bringing their living environments into harmony with nature. Zach, that's an impressive background, and I'm, I hope that the people that heard episode one got a, a nice recap there. You know, in our last episode, we talked a lot about problems. Specifically, I brought up, I mentioned that probably most of my clients, the majority of my clients, don't realize that for the past couple of years, I've been dealing with mold toxicity. And so we talked a lot, a lot about the problems, the environment how toxins within our home can add to these, the different levels of toxicity within our bodies. We touched a little bit on solutions, but not as much as we want to. This is part two of a two-part series, but our goal is to have you on for multiple episodes. So we would like to really do a deep dive on clean air, clean water, the electrical currents,
1: EMFs, EMFs and light, yes. yeah,
0: and all of the building materials that it takes. So I know since our last episode, we kind of left off with a TBD, and so we're back today to talk about that. And, and in between that time, I've been sending you a little hey, what do you think about this material? What do you think about that material? So I was wondering if, you know, I did your bio in that short introduction, but if you could go ahead and pick up where we left off and maybe reintroduce yourself in your own words. Well, oh,
1: Great. Thanks for having me again. Love being part of this and uh, look forward to a lot of those deeper dives. I think it'll be uh, educational at the very least. Again, the concept is to get the home as close to nature as possible. That's where our bodies go back to homeostasis and, and learn how to heal. They already know how to heal, but we send so many different stressors and signals and contaminants and toxins our way that our body is doesn't know which way is up. So it's very difficult for it to stay in that homeostasis where rest and digest and where we can actually heal. I always use the example, if you cut your hand and don't do anything, 95% of the time it heals. You don't have to like will it to heal it, just the body just does what it does.
0: I always think that's so strange, too. I mean, that the fact that our bodies are able to heal themselves in that way, specifically to a cut or something like that, it's so alien to me. It's as alien as the fact that we are able to have a baby.
1: <laughs> it's very bizarre to me. All right. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's really, there's nothing more natural than that, right? That process of the body healing itself. Mm-hmm. And so by bringing the home back into harmony with nature, We're basically trying to tap into that same, whatever it is, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, there's not really a word for it. It just kind of happens. So in my model, we're really moving, you know, health was a big thing. Everybody, you know, fitness and things like that, you know, health is on the forefront of people's mind. And then it kind of had this natural progression into wellness right? So people are starting to take care of themselves a little bit more. Massage therapy becomes more mainstream and steam baths and, you know, the saunas and all these things. And it's great. We're doing things to improve our lifestyles. The next progression on that is one that I think people don't really dabble in yet. And they think, well, I'm well, you know, or I'm, I'm healthy. I don't have, none of my tests are coming back negative with toxins and things like that. And to move from health into wellness is a big step and then there's a step after that, and we call that wholeness, right? Where you just feel in harmony with your environment and the great meditators of all time, the Buddha, you know, some Maharishi and people like that, they talk about this state of a flow state or just Wu Wei being in flow and where you're less affected by the external environment around you and you become basically just kind of one with yourself. And that's the whole idea behind a purified home is to give yourself a sacred place to where you can quiet all the noise and you know, that it's a safe environment that supports your health and well-being, and then gives you a taste of whatever it is that heals those cuts or that makes the sun come up and sun go down the things that in nature that we, that we love long way of saying, you kind of put me on that tangent with the design part of it and then the body's own innate ability to heal itself.
0: I didn't realize, you know, I think I mentioned this on the first episode that I now look at this as a gift, as a blessing that I got sick in the way that I did. It never occurred to me to look, and I feel like I'm a person that's pretty well educated with regard to materials just because I've been in the business for so long. I mean, there's certain things that are kind of no brainers that as designers that we look for, but I have really kind of become a toxicity nerd, (laughs) you know, now that I became sick. And I feel like that that's the gift that I've been given. So now I'm looking at things that I wouldn't have looked at before. I'm looking through a different lens for my clients. And I have other clients in some synergistic way. I've had recent clients that have also had to deal with whether it's mold toxicity or Lyme disease or lupus or cancers and things where they've come to me saying, Hey, listen, you know, we really want a clean home or we want a purified home or at least we want to know our options. And one of the things that we talked about previously was doesn't necessarily mean it's more expensive or more costly. It just means I want to know my options. I want to be educated. And that is what I've enjoyed talking with you more about, educating myself. And as we talked about with my own home that I'm building right now, I really want to create the cleanest, most purified home I can possibly create, which is why you're going to be with me lockstep the entire process. I am looking forward to I, it. Yeah. And I, I jokingly said to the girls in the office that we're I'm not buying anything without Zach's stamp of approval. So why don't you shed a little light on some of the materials and we mentioned before that it can be, I mean, everything. I mean it can literally be everything in the home. But maybe we start with some of the easy go to's or things that people might not think about and then maybe kind of scale up from there and tell us okay. a little bit more. And again, we'll do a deeper dive on each one of these things. Like we're going to do special episodes on water specifics or hardwood flooring specifically. But today we want to kind of just follow up with that episode one to talk about some general solutions to some of the problems we talked about.
1: Wonderful. No, I love that. I think your home is a perfect example to kind of going from the ground up. And, you know, a lot of times we're going into people's homes and we're dealing with already compromised homes. And so we have various solutions for that, making sure the air and the water are clean. But an existing home now coming from the ground up, we have it's the perfect time to get in and, and create a healthy home because like we talked about the other day, we're going to take soil samples. What's in that soil? You know, if you go out there, you have animals and they're running around, well that's all going to make it inside the home. So what's in that soil?
0: Well let me clarify for the listeners. We're not exactly coming from the ground up with a new build on my home. But so you know if you're in a similar situation, this is a 1938 beach house. So essentially every single part of it will be touched, but we are remodeling a, an existing home. But because of that, there are a lot of things we have to do that would be considered ground up to your point, Correct. starting with soil samples. What is the soil like? The air, water, et cetera.
1: Right. That's a good point. So a big portion of your home will stay intact and But we're going to get it down to the studs most likely. So we start looking at framing and we look at wood fungus, right? So all the new wood that comes onto this property, you can see it, especially when there was a shortage. The lumber yard started cutting and sending stuff off before it was dried out properly. I was up in Idaho doing a job and there was a big lumber yard and they were spraying water all over the lumber to keep it moist. Well you have microbial growth all over the wood. It's wood fungus. Not going to kill you, but it's allergenic. And if you can avoid that, why not?
0: Well, and for those of us that are hypersensitive or or have become hypersensitive due to something like mold toxicity or Lyme disease, et cetera, you know, those types of things, I'm like we talked about in the previous episode, I'm a walking radar <laughs> for that stuff.
1: Yeah. And keep that in mind, too. What, we're, what we don't want to do is – we don't want to operate from a place of fear, where we're like feel like we're li- we need to live in a bubble. Mm-hmm. Like we're trying to create harmony with our external environment, and what we're trying to do is eliminate as many potential stressors, contaminants, or toxins that you're exposed to. Are we going to get every single one of them? Probably not. Walk outside the door, and you know somebody starts their car. You're going to be breathing car exhaust. So what we want is at least when you're inside your home that your body isn't being hit with these stressors that are avoidable. So, you know, framing is one, you know, sometimes we'll use kiln dried wood. There is no wood fungus on that. It's been dried in a kiln and that stuff is all basically dead or sanded off so that you have all this fresh, clean timber going into your build from the start.
0: It's interesting that you bring that up. I'm just going to relay it to another issue that we have. And I don't want to get off on a tangent on this, but, you know, I will have clients from time to time that... Will say oh well I found this piece of furniture it looks just like the one that you specified but it's you know a less expensive this or that or they were able to find it somewhere else and a lot of time it's sourced in another country and literally we've seen things come over that have either fungus or termites or things like that yeah. and untreated wood and there's a reason that, that you know you get what you pay for
1: right no and the, <laughs> you know You know, it's funny when we import stuff from Europe and Canada, their standards oftentimes are much higher than our standards in, you know, in the States. And so if I'm looking at a material safety data sheet on a product and it's sold in Canada, I can go to the Canadian website and go, oh, here's a list of everything that's in that product. And it's much more comprehensive. You'll see a lot of the material safety data sheets, MSDS on products that are just sold in the United States and they can put proprietary on there. And so, you know, a proprietary, it could be anything. We have no idea what's in it. So we end up having to get to the manufacturer, the chemist, and this, that, and the other thing. The point being, when it comes to building materials, you know, the framing is one big part of it, as you know, well know, because you basically build houses from the, you know, Mm -hmm. all the different phases as we start to look at things like insulation, drywall, flooring all the adhesives that go into all these products. Probably one of the bigger ones from a design perspective is the flame retardants. Oh, yeah. It's on everything. And it's not necessary a lot of times when you use natural material. For example, wool. We use wool insulation oftentimes that has natural fire-resistant characteristics, so they don't need to spray it. And right there, you just eliminated a huge source of flame retardants in mm-hmm. your home. Wool obviously is great, too, because it doesn't have formaldehyde in it. hmm And then it also is really good with moisture, right? It's a, the wool fiber is hollow inside. And so it can retain moisture and dry out a lot faster and easier than say fiberglass would.
0: Explain to our listeners the formaldehyde and why that's important to understand what it is and what it does.
1: Yeah. So formaldehyde is a preservative that, and it's also a binder that they use in various products. It's primarily part of the binding process. And there's different types of formaldehyde. There's phenol formaldehyde, which exists in all types of living substances or substrates. So like wood, for example, is going to have phenol formaldehyde in it. We don't really care too much about that. That's unavoidable if we're going to build our home with a natural material. Urea formaldehyde, on the other hand, is a completely different compound. And in new homes that don't pay attention to it, it is off the charts once we test for it it affects people differently some people go i don't really like well the new car smell that's urea formaldehyde Mm -hmm. you know people love it i love it i'm like i'm kind of addicted to it like whoa this is i love my you know new car but once you start to get long-term exposure to it it's one chemical that we would want to stay away from Mm -hmm. The urea formaldehyde portion of it. So if you see products that say no added formaldehyde, that's actually a good sign. They've done some homework. They're acknowledging the existence of normal formaldehyde, but nothing added to it.
0: Which we were just looking at some hardwood floor samples exactly. for a client here, yeah. and um, noticed that they were being mindful of that, which we were both pretty impressed by. Right. So the formaldehyde, though, is primarily
1: used as a preservative, preservative or a binder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in the glues. Okay. What are the effects of uh, renal formaldehyde on the body? Phenol formaldehyde or phenol? That's a good question. Like I said, a lot of people are affected differently with it. I could certainly get you a list of symptoms if you want to see that. Yeah. I try not to focus too much on problem. I I really try and gear towards more like getting people's mindset towards solution. Mm -hmm. And uh, you'll notice in the Lyme world and uh, mold toxicity world, they can't get out of the loop that they're in with regards to their sickness. Mm -hmm. It's like, now I've got this, now I've got this. And all they're doing is staying hyper focused on what's wrong. Mm -hmm. And all I want to do is it's an old Tony Robbins thing. Yeah. It's one of the coolest things he ever taught me in one of his seminars was the primary question you're asking. And if we're always asking what's wrong? Like that example, we're going to go down that loop and figure out everything that's wrong. Yeah, that works sometimes, but it also brings us into we pigeonhole ourselves into this. What we really want to do is focus on more towards the wellness and wholeness, mm-hmm. which is, oh, my body's healing itself.
0: Wayne Dyer is my guru. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's great. I was, he was great. lucky to start reading him when I was really young, but he says, you know, change the way you see things and the things that you see will change. Sure. So, yeah, I think it's all about what we're focused on. And that's been a big part of my healing journey, too, is just really trying to focus on health and right. wellness, which is part of this process with you. Absolutely. You know, how do we get there? Yeah, like we said, we there's plenty of problems we could sit and talk about all day long. But what are the solutions?
1: Right. And that kind of goes, that was one thing I thought we didn't really get to touch on too much in the first episode was from a design perspective and the art of creating a space. You know, and that's where... Every designer is like the opportunity to create a sacred space for these people. And, you know, when I walk into any building or a client's house, I usually, you know, one of the things that in the Chinese culture, my background's in Chinese medicine is you take your shoes off at the door, right? It's just a way of respecting the space, not tracking in things, but also stepping across that threshold and just being mindful that, you know, it's kind of a buzzword now mindful, but being vigilant or even more aware of the environment that you're in you know, you walk into a a sacred temple or a church or something like that, you feel it, you know, and it's like, whoa, there's something about this space. And that's really what I'm really looking forward to working with you and your clients on creating that space where you walk in and it is palpable, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not, it's not just, oh, I like the, you know, Venetian plaster and your hardwood floors. It's like, whoa, this all came together. Mm-hmm. And it feels when you walk into a, you know, a healthy home, you actually feel the difference inside that home than you do. in you know, these semi-custom homes that are, they're just banging them out. Right. Of
0: course. And it is about the experience. And it's really about this with our nonprofit, you know, design with purpose, but also our design business, whether we're creating a healing space for the kids in the schools mm-hmm. or a healing space, even if a client doesn't ask us specifically, like I've mentioned recently, I've had several reach out and, you know, my daughter has POTS disease or my wife has Lyme disease. Can you help us create a clean home? But even if they don't ask, our goal is to create a healing, healthy environment, whatever that looks like. And again, bringing just the education to the forefront, things they might not be familiar with. But even if it's not changing every single material or bringing every non-toxic material to the forefront, there is just that element of creating a space that permeates as you walk through it, that brings the mind-body-spirit connection. You feel it as you walk into the
1: home. That's it. Yeah. I get chills just thinking about it because that's the part of it where you again, hypervigilance, paying attention to everything, trying not to over, we're not going to get everything, but we are, can at least focus on what we can control. Exactly. And from there, just extrapolate. And it's all individual too. You know, you might want something completely different than I want in my house. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the part where, you know, we were joking around about a designer almost becomes like a doctor in that regard, right? When it comes to healing, uh, healing space and, you know, somebody that's anxiety driven, you're not going to want to put a bunch of fiery colors inside that room. Their energy is going to go up through the roof. Maybe something more calming. And we get into a lot of that feng shui, vastu, sacred geometry. Orientation is a big part of a purified home. Which way is your lot facing? Which way is your head facing when you sleep? Where does the sun come up? How much sun is actually natural light is not like a no-brainer in the design world. But can you get it pitch black too mm-hmm. for when you're sleeping? Power lines, All types of things. One of the things that annoys me the most, a lot of times in a a nice hotel, you stay at a Hyatt or a Marriott or something, is those refrigerators they got plugged in. They're always kind of (laughs) going, you know, and I'm like, oh, that irritates me. Like it's it's preventing me from sleeping Mm -hmm. soundly and deeply. So everything that kind of goes into that space, sacred space, becomes something that you're aware of. And back to your point about furniture getting imported we can't control a lot of that Mm -hmm. you know and they might have their favorite piece that they've been in the family for 35 years or something or 100 years and you're like well that's going to be part of the space so solution wise we just want to be able to
0: oh i'd much rather somebody have a piece that's been in their family for 100 years that i know was carved out of actual wood wood, right (laughs) you know than importing something that's hollow and full of things we are unfamiliar with
1: that's true it's a good point they don't Mm -hmm. make things like they they used to do they
0: no i was just reading about fast fashion and the kind of disposable fashion and now fast furniture and fast interiors and where things are kind of disposable and it's sad to me and maybe that's partially because i'm from the south and we have rich histories there but I think it's important that we still hang on to heirlooms and we hang on and we create things that are timeless, you know, and create things that are mindful and that do have meaning and that aren't just disposable.
1: That's a good point. We were at IKEA the other day and I'm like, oh, mm. there's nothing that grabs me <laughs> there. I'm like, oh, I could kind of build that or, yeah, no, but gets a good point. That meaning that we attach to objects is important. Mm-hmm. From there, we kind of go deeper into the building materials are all part of creating the space, you know, and so, in the building science world, we really want to figure out how the home is going to breathe. What's going to come in when we turn on our HVAC system, what's going to get pushed out. Are we sucking air in from the crawl space or the attic or the wall cavities? All these things become the potential for allergens to Mm -hmm. get sucked into the home and you know, next thing you know, you got asthma symptoms or itchy watery eyes or sinus infections or, you know, all these things that we deal with are just normal ailments.
0: You and I walking through a client's home the other day and opening one of the vents to see what was down there and startling to both of us, but thinking and knowing that the people that live in the home have allergy issues. Yeah. Of course, we're going to fix all of that for them. But, you know, those are the types of things that you're uncovering as we do our job site walkthroughs.
1: Yeah. That was amazing. It was rigid duct Mm -hmm. ran in below the foundation that had deteriorated from the salt air. And so they literally had dirt and earth materials inside their ducts that were being fed from the floor. There's no cleaning that. It's like, Mm -mm. it all has to get ripped out Mm -hmm. and you know, Hey, I have allergies and there's mold in my house. Well, Mm -hmm. there's one source right there. And sometimes it is like that. That was a Yeah, that was pretty amazing to see that.
0: Fortunately, they're the kind of clients like I am that say, hey, we want it done right. Let's do it. You know, I don't want to be sick and I don't want my kids
1: sick. Yeah, we see that all the time. People spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars going to experts. I don't know what it is. Well, it could be that, you know, just that one little exposure right there Mm -hmm. that you're getting consistently. So, yeah, it's important.
0: You must feel really good about the work that you're doing. I mean, like I read in your bio in the introduction, and I think like all of us, it's a culmination of experiences and education and things that get you to where you are. But to be in a position where you're able, I feel like what you're doing is really cutting edge. And I feel like you're very ahead of most people just in this dialogue alone, but in the richness of your work and, and what you're doing and what we're able to now do together with clients, it must make you feel pretty good just going to work every day.
1: Yeah, contribution, giving back is mm-hmm. uh, I love it. Plus, there's also the like the every home's a little bit different, mm-hmm. every person's a little bit different, so there's a lot of variety in it. But there's you know tons of growth and tons of contribution, and I learn something on every single job I go to, and so it keeps things uh, you know exciting and new and people they get better, you know, and that's also like, oh, all right, we did our job here. You know, there's a caveat to that too, though, because some people are so hyper focused that it's something in the external environment. And if we don't find it, then we're on the hook mm-hmm. or like they think we're on the hook. And mm-hmm. sometimes, uh, you know, there's as much internal work that has to go on as external work. So of course, we are taking care of the external and if it's not in the external, then hopefully the people will reflect enough and go internal to do the work that's required to heal whatever they're trying to heal, mm-hmm. seek other resources, you know, a purified home isn't the answer to everything,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: but it's certainly a good start and a good place to begin with, you know, paying attention to your own space. So thank you for the kind words. I appreciate it.
0: You're welcome. To your point, though, it's like we joked about this last time, and you just mentioned being your interior designer. Gosh, you're bringing so much to the table. It's almost like being a doctor. I kid with people about being their marriage and family (laughs) therapist, too, because there's that fine line between, you know, you want everybody to be happy. So it's making sure that we communicate and really listen well. That to me is one of the biggest things that we do. We listen and we make sure that, you know, whether it's a husband and a wife or both partners are happy, kids are heard, everybody in the home is heard. But then meeting those needs, more than meeting, actually exceeding the expectations of what people need to be done. You know, Sometimes in the role that we are in as designers and problem solvers, the architects that we work with, the engineers that we work with, the consultants like you that we work with, it's really about solving problems that sometimes people don't even realize that they have. So I think it again is about education. You know, we're not going to be the be all end all. I'm not actually your therapist. I'm not actually, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. but I can bring information to the table sure. and say, hey, this is what helped. You know, this client or that client. And here's the information I have about, you know, back to materials. Here's the information I can tell you about, you know, hardwood floors that are made in France as opposed to Spain, as opposed to America, and the differences in those
1: and, and what that looks like. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it is. There are a lot of hats that you wear and, uh, you know, kind of a conduit, right? Through your life experience. And you know, like you said, a culmination of everything it does, you, you add value to people's lives and it's, it's and obviously doing what you love at the same time. So it's a, uh, it's fun. I always joke around. Like I always try and hire people to do anything on my home that truly love what they do. Mm-hmm. Right. If, and you can tell, right. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not work for them. They're like, they're there because they love to do what they do. Mm-hmm. And they're going to give you a lot more of their heart and quality when they're passionate about what they do. So.
0: It's interesting. I don't tell the story a lot, but one of I grew up in this business. My grandfather built houses. My uncles were builders. My aunts were designers. I felt like I had a full career by the time I was right out of college. And so then I thought I wanted to do something bigger and I needed to go work for corporate and I needed to change the world and I wanted to be involved with nonprofits and and I did all of that and it was great. But I realized that I was actually more useful going back to the work that I do and the work that I grew up doing because... I don't know if it's because I grew up in it or, I mean, probably partially both, but also just having a real passion for helping people and knowing that I can in this capacity as a designer and bringing the information that I have. I used to look at it as, well, I have to go do something bigger than just (laughs) being a designer. Now I'm like, no, I, this is what I do. And this is what makes me different is that I do bring this to the table that I'm really passionate about creating purified spaces. I'm really passionate about creating healing spaces and and then I think about it in the context of this is where somebody lives yeah. every day. This is where they come home after work. This is where they raise their children. This is where they have their spiritual practice, their mental health, touchdowns. This is where they are. And then I, to me, I see the vastness of it and the importance of it and the sacredness of it. And that's where it becomes something much more meaningful, much deeper to me. So when I say I'm just a designer, <laughs> I look at it as a, just as a carpenter to your point that loves his work. You can see the difference and feel the difference when that person is in your presence or in your home. And then ultimately you see it in the outcome of what's created, because if you go in with the intention of your creating a well space or a purified home, I, the intention of, of really shining a light on the space that gives somebody the opportunity to create and live their very best life. And sometimes it's their forever home. But to create and live their very best life for the rest of their life, wow, what an honor for me to be able to play a small part in that.
1: Right. What I mean, yeah, if you create that perfect space for someone to, and someone gets inspired in it, and uh, who knows what they invent, right? You don't know. You just do your part and see how how it affects everybody. You know, I always joke around with people, uh, you know, gratitude's a big thing in my life. And, you know, uh, I was working with a plumber that he's kind of grumpy and rah, uh, plumber, right? You know, he's underneath the sink and, you know, all the stereotypes about plumbers. And I'm like,
0: they all have shitty attitudes. Just
1: kidding. <laughs> 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 I had to, I had yeah. to squeeze in the one-liner. Yeah. I was thinking about it and I'm like, well, when was the last time I was grateful for the fact that I walked to a faucet and turned it on and water came out? Right. Mm-hmm. right so there's even meaning in the most you know some of the most things we don't value as a society and it's like electricity right you flip a switch and a light comes on like
0: and my poor plumber and poor electrician i mean they work their tails off to yeah. make that stuff happen for each one of our clients yeah they've been over at our new showroom this week doing all of that right. for us so
1: yeah it's amazing what the trades yeah, do gratitude's and gratitude's really important building a space so
0: so just to wrap up what we're talking about here today I know we're going to kind of segment this out and have other episodes, like I mentioned before on, you know, clean water and clean air and light and EMFs. And we're going to do a deeper dive on each one of those. Just give it its own episode, but kind of just the big takeaway for solutions with clean materials. And I think you and I both after our episode one kind of reconvened and decided we do want to stay solution oriented. And like we've talked about, not stay in that loop of, well, gosh, here's all the problems, because that can be extremely overwhelming. Right. And there are lots of little things that people can do on their own. So just kind of to to sum up a couple takeaways on solutions today, and then we'll come back and do a deeper dive on, on some of the yeah. The pillars of your company.
1: No, that's great. I think I really wanted to touch more on the design side of things uh, as opposed to, you know, some of the remediation strategies. And so I'm glad we got that kind of introduced. Mm-hmm. The building materials are important for whatever happens inside the home, whatever build you're in, but uh, probably the most important thing is ventilation. Mm -hmm. You either dilute everything with fresh air. That's assuming you live in a somewhat safe environment. You know, if you're in the middle of uh, the 10 and the 405, might not be the best place at rush hour, but ventilation is going to be critical. Either dilute or you scrub, meaning you filter out chemicals and stuff that you're being exposed to. I'm a huge fan of sunrise and sunset cycle with the sun, you know, as best you can, or at least be paying attention to when it's coming up or when it's going down. That'll keep you in sync with nature. Uh, i big fan of grounding or earthing, right? That's putting your feet on wet soil or something conductive, grass. The wet sand is probably the best down by the beach. Just kind of bring yourself back down into Earth's natural electrical environment and shut everything off when you can. Take your phone off, obviously limit TV exposure at night before bed and just see how you feel because it's, it's amazing once kind of your nervous system starts to settle down and you start to feel more in tune with what we were talking about before, about that, whatever energy it is that makes the sun come up and make sure your, your wounds heal.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I started turning my phone off, putting it in airplane mode, and then also putting it out in a different room at night since you and I started working together. So it's baby steps. Doesn't it doesn't have to happen all at one time.
1: One thing at a time. Yeah. Um,
0: but then next thing you know, I'm going to have the complete purified home. <laughs> so I'm excited.
1: Yeah, you better sleep well in that space.
0: Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming back today. We really appreciate it. I'm glad you were here. I couldn't agree with you more. We can talk about the problems, but I think the solutions are the important part. And I'm really excited to have you on. We're going to do hopefully an endless amount of podcast with you. You're just a wealth of knowledge and information. So I'm really happy to have you not only on the show and part of our design with purpose mission, but also to be working side by side with you on some upcoming projects.
1: Appreciate it. love being a part of it. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Colton. Thanks, Colton. Of course. Thank you.